This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, Kevin Bergen here on The Main Ingredient on another Winnipeg weekend. My guest in studio today is High Steakhouse Executive Chef Jackie Hildebrand, who I've literally been stalking for a while, so I'm going to make the most of it. All right, we're going to get started. I got a couple questions for you. I got a bunch of questions for you. This is like... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, the conversation we had, uh, we had the conversation we had on, uh, you know, the other night. <laughs> And some, you know, did some research on you, and there's just some good stuff. Oh God! You know, it's not a test; you can't <laughs> fail. Don't Google me. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. I never do that. Um, anyway, well, welcome to the main ingredient. Thank you. All right, welcome to CJOB. It's my first time. Your first time here? Yes. Yes. It's awesome. Okay, so currently, you're the executive chef at High Steakhouse and Cocktail Bar. But before we get into that, you told me that you knew at an, er- at an early age that that cooking was going to be a major part of your life. Yes. So, so yeah. let's talk about that. I don't even remember. I remember a point where I said I wanted to be a chef. I was probably about seven years old. Mm-hmm. I told my mom that's what I wanted to do. There was never a point in my life where it, that that varied. That's always what I wanted to do. So as soon as I could, started doing cooking classes. I was always in the kitchen with my mom um, and my grandmothers. So started doing cooking classes and went into high school and just stuck with that. And then as soon as I could, I applied to culinary. Coming from a person who, like I told you, I'm 48 and I'm still kind of like, what do I want to do with my life? Um, <laughs> that takes a huge weight off your shoulders when you actually know what you want to do at an early age, right? I, I would assume so. I, I guess I you don't, would know. I don't, I don't know any other. Right. You don't know any, any other way. way. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you said you're, you were always cooking with your mother and grandmothers. I guess those relatives played a big influence on your, uh, on your culinary life? Yeah. Yeah, they did. And it was always everything from scratch, you know, when they're baking bread and doing chicken and dumplings in, in this one. And my, we'd go pick cucumbers and make pickles with my other grandmother. Right. Um, my mom stayed home until I was 13. So she was, you know, we'd come home and have cookies. And That's awesome. We'd start making dinner as soon as, I, as soon as I walked in the door. That's just, I wanted to help her. That's what I wanted to do. Okay, so what specifically appealed to you about the kitchen? Um, well, for me, when I was younger, it was always about bonding and spending time with, with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really started to... Um, just kind of fall in love with learning new things, following new recipes and learning how to follow a recipe from a young age. And, mm-hmm. um, and then you get caught up watching the Food Network and a bit of the glamour of it and yeah. everything. And I It just... does make it sexy, doesn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like t- television and the internet have really made food just blow up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was younger. It was Emeril and Julia Child. And yeah. you, know, you wa- grew up watching those people. And it was just always fascinating to me to watch different people in a kitchen and then for the family aspect of it it was just always spending time with them right it is nice right especially it's funny there's sometimes where my mom will cook something and it completely brings me back to a certain time or a yeah. certain place right yeah there's i can still smell fresh time and i immediately think of my grandmother's backyard mm-hmm. so i asked my mother i'm like did she have time back there and she's like i don't know but that's where my mind goes with it right. and i don't even know if that's Isn't that crazy yeah yeah so it's really nice when did your family realize that you were serious about the craft. Um, I, <laughs> like, I want to I wanna cook. You know, you're seven years old. Yeah, okay, kids, or whatever. <laughs> that'll, that'll change yeah, in a year and yeah. then again. Um, when when we first started trying to get me into cooking classes, I, I didn't get in. And I remember, st- <laughs> it's probably embarrassing. I remember standing in a closet and crying. Are you <laughs> and, serious? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was probably about eight or nine. I just remember yeah. like, I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's, it's going to be fine. I understand. And 
because I didn't want anyone to see me upset. So I went and stood <laughs> just at the front of a closet and started crying. Someone's going to get the jacket out here, like whimpering <laughs> from inside the closet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my mom was just like, it's going to be fine. We're going to like this. This will happen. I think that was probably a moment for her when she for sure when she realized it. And then as soon as I started just taking things over from her and I said, no, I want to do this or just give me this recipe and I'll figure this out. And if I have a question, I'll find you. Um, I think that's when when she realized that I'm I'm sure there are several people throughout my life that thought that eh, this will probably change. Mm-hmm. But like my immediate family, they never they never thought that it would. Your first cooking job. Your first actual paid cooking job was what? Uh, who's on first? Asian Bistro at the ballpark. And how you know how was that? What did that go? That was good. That was my like my very first one. I was already in culinary school. Okay, so, so you're going to school and working. Yeah, that was my co-op. That was my work program. Cool. That they put you on throughout the school, and I uh, I remember thinking like, oh god, I hope this works out <laughs> because I had no kitchen experience, but I was already in culinary school. Right. So, so what was it like? Okay, you're in culinary school. Right. Now you're actually working in a place that you are working to, you know, get to. Was it a lot different? Were you thinking at a certain point, man, this cooking thing just isn't that glamorous. Maybe I don't want to do this. (laughs) Um, It was, it was, it's not that it was different from what I thought it was, but Mm -hmm. I spent the first few months just, they teach you the very bare bone basics in the beginning of culinary school, which I needed because I didn't have any. Mm -hmm. So I went from, you know, chopping onions and whatever and peeling potatoes and then you go into garde manger and then so when I started there it was more of learning how a line works and functions as a team. Oh, gotcha. Yep. And, you know, like it was still the prep and learning how to do recipes and everything, but it was how to properly do a service and how to coordinate things. All those things you 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 welcomed that knowledge. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. How how different is it working alone and, and on a team? Oh, it's, it's completely different. Yeah? Yeah. What's the difference? Um, Besides the obvious things, what, what, <laughs> what, are, the, what are the challenges that, that you, you know, here you are in your, your mom's kitchen or cooking recipes right. by yourself. Now you got to work with a team of people to come up with a dish or, uh, you know, a group of dishes or, or however it works. You can maybe explain it to me. Yeah. So when you're just at home making dinner, it's just you make a dinner. You're just, there's no pressure. There's nothing. But when there's a dining room full of guests. And the printer's going and off. And the printers are going off. You learn to rely on your team, work together, communicate, to coordinate everything, to make sure everything's going out at the same time, mm-hmm. um, that your standards your standards are all still high enough that, you know, nothing's going to come back. You're making everybody really happy. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I love the, the team aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like, my team is my family. Like, mm-hmm. literally, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> yeah, li- literally. Um, but yeah, like... There is like a Saturday night. There's nowhere else I'd rather be than like in the trenches with my team. It's a it's a great place. Apparently so, because you work quite a lot. You work <laughs> quite a bit, right? I uh, do. We're, we're going to jump to that, but first we're going to go back to when you first started at Highs. How did you end up there? How did you get your job there? Um, my second work term, I met a girl that um, we stayed in touch, and I was working somewhere else, and she was working at Highs. Mm-hmm. And she asked if I was happy with where I was, and I wasn't. Um, so she said, well, just come down, because we're hiring. And it had just reopened at port de maine It was at Kennedy before that, It right? was at Kennedy. Yeah. And I walked in and uh, looked around, and I'm like, I, 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 I don't I'm like way over my head. <laughs> I am way place. over my like head. It's so beautiful and so big and so uh, nice, right? Yeah, I was like, I'm like 
barely 21. Yep. Just right out of culinary school. And uh, the chef came out to meet with me and um, just it's more of a conversation than an interview. And he's like, okay, well, she's vouching for you. So, you know, go, go quit your other job and start here. And I did. <laughs> wow. Okay. So when you started, what did you start as? What were your duties when you first started? I started um, nighttime saute. Mm -hmm. So doing all the pan work, like fish, side dishes, vegetables, yeah. um, which was, I, I thought that was way above. What I'm like, <laughs> I just, can I just, I just want to go start prepping. I don't know. I don't want to screw anything up. Um, but, you know, I, I, he, he always said that he, he saw something when I was, when I first started that he could train. So I, uh, I started there and then kind of, I ended up going to um, cold side and then I was doing all the baking and then doing all the dressings. And um, eventually, probably within about a year, they were teaching me to butcher and mm -hmm. cut the meat in the basement. And Right, yeah. They, like you said, all that's done on site, right? Right. Yeah. We get um, yeah, we get cuts in and then we clean and cut meat in-house. It's funny how being the first woman executive chef at Highs is really not a big deal to Jackie. She's business as usual. So when we return, we're going to continue our conversation with Jackie Hildebrand, Highs executive chef on the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. Kevin Bergen here with High Steakhouse and Cocktail Bar's executive chef, Jackie Hildebrandt. You started at High's 14 years ago, and four years later, you were a sous chef? Was that three or four years later? Uh, three. Three years later? Three, yeah. Sous chef. What was that transition like? Um, it was actually, I didn't, I didn't really see that one coming. Um, I, I, had, I had a feeling, but I was on, I had gone to daytime because mm -hmm. they needed me, they needed somebody there, so I said I would... I would do daytime. In your mind, before that change happened, what were your goals in? Like, here you are working, working your ass off, doing your thing. Right. What were you thinking, or where were you planning to go in your head? Um, I, th I think I'd always planned on getting there. I just didn't think it was going to happen that quickly. Um, You're very patient. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times, especially, you know, I don't want to say that young people, well, young people are kind of impatient. You, right. you finish school, and you kind of want things, and you want them quickly. You kind of have an idea in your mind, but you actually want to do the work to get there. Right. Which is strange to me. I, I, I have three kids, so it's kind of like, especially at 21 and the things I thought when I was 21, I'm going to be rich by 25. <laughs> I'm going to own this. You know what I mean? Like, you just seem like you have a realistic point of view. Yeah, I just, and I wanted to make sure that I knew how to do everything before entering that role. Right. I don't like not knowing the answer to something or not knowing how to do something mm -hmm. if I'm trying to teach people and guide people through this industry. Right. So if I'm a sous chef, I don't want someone to come up to me like, well, how do you do this? And I'm like... I don't I don't know. So at that point, I, I feel like I knew how to do every station. I knew I have a very weird memory. So I knew how to do pretty much all the recipes. They're all in my head. I don't have to flip through a book. Um, I mean, you have a good memory. One that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll take that weird memory, please. <laughs> um, yeah. So when when it when it came up, I was working daytime. I was Monday to Friday, eight to four. Very, very different mm -hmm. than than working at night. But they they offered it to me and. I obviously said yes, and I was sous chef for 10 years. Wow, it's a long time, eh? Yeah. <laughs> when did you realize you were going to stay at this place long term? Oh, I was like two or three weeks in. And you, you thought, this is awesome. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. I'm staying here for as long as I can. I'm going to soak up everything. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. It's very rare 
to find places that do everything from scratch mm-hmm. on that large of a scale. Mm-hmm. Smaller places, absolutely. And I've worked at a few of them and helped some people out. But when you have a 287-seat restaurant and you're doing everything like from scratch, everything's being brought in and we're doing everything there, that's, that's something that, that I take a lot of pride in. But I can also take that and teach the new generation of cooks mm-hmm. of how how the things that are done like from from veal bones to to demi glace to more stocks and sauces 287 seats that's insane <laughs> you know what i'm saying like <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah believe me <laughs> I, I know st- what you're saying brother <laughs> I, I still walk through there and i'm baffled that it's it's massive it is it's mind-blowing you went you took us on a tour the other night and now right. it's you know hey we're on the top level oh yeah now we're on the main level oh yeah we're going downstairs now and just the size of the place is crazy it's but every level seems very intimate it's got its intimate corners and you know I, like you said there's a guy that that's his table that's where he likes to sit there's certain areas of the restaurant that i can see that people would get accustomed to because it's kind of an, a place for everybody no matter you know what kind of restaurant you like right yeah kick ass exactly. too it's right. a great lounge. Great lounge, especially up top when you can see the TVs. And this is really bad. When we were sitting <laughs> upstairs, um, the first thing I thought was, what a great place for a man to take his wife. Because you can be intimate upstairs, but you can still see the TVs to watch the game if you want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like tons exactly. of guys must use it to cheat like that, right? I have, I'm have. i sure. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, honey, like... my attention's undivided. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> nice restaurant. The <laughs> There's a game on. <laughs> totally crazy. Okay, so earlier this year, uh, you were made executive chef, which is a big deal. Like, you seem so modest about it. Everybody brings it up to you. You just seem like, man, I'm just doing the work. And that's a big deal because you're the first woman in, in High's history to actually fill that role. What was that change like to you? Did you see that coming? The chef and I had talked about about what would happen if and when he... He would um, either retire or step down. He always had said he was going to retire early. And his early, he started pretty young too, right? Correct. He did. He was 16 when Crazy. he started what at high school. with you guys? Wow. <laughs> that is insane. It's not even, it's, most of my staff are there for five, six, like multiple years. Yeah. Yeah. That's good for a restaurant. Like that, that speaks volumes, right? Yeah. Because turnover is so high in the front and back in restaurants to have people start that early and stay. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I have, I have a really great team. I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the switch happened and the switch. there was a, there was a date. <laughs> I say the switch because he still works. He still works there. He yeah. still works. He works Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. You know, if you have a great relationship and he's still there, that's fantastic for you both. Yeah. Right. It is. So I, I took over and at first, it, at first it didn't, at first it didn't feel like it was, it was happening. You know, like the coat changes or, um, but I was, I think because I was still, I, I always held myself as, I was sous chef, but I would always keep myself up there as, okay, keep your head and you're, you're, you're leading these people as a chef as well, not just Frank. Right. Right. We're going to do this together. So when it happened and people just kept coming to me with it, the, I think the biggest change for me was, was trying to do all the paperwork yeah. <laughs> plus everything else I still wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, my biggest issue is uh, delegating because I still like to cook. I still want to be in there. Right. But when I have, you know, my inventory and my scheduling and um, that's when I need to start, need to start delegating that. That was probably one of the biggest things for me. How did you get past that? Especially delegation. Oh, Sometimes I'm still, it's hard to tell no, people. No, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still str- <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> yeah. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so that was the biggest change. What other changes? Like, okay, so like day to day, besides the paperwork change, let's say the paperwork was gone. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest difference in the in the job itself? I, I don't want to say like it, it. It didn't feel like there was that much of a change because you were still you were doing that kind of thing. Anyway. Because I was doing, I was still online every day, um, and like my team was very responsive to it. They're very, they were happy with the change. I didn't get any pushback from anybody awesome. about it. Yeah, um, serving staff as well. Oh, wow. Everyone was really excited about it. Um, that speaks volumes of your, your of what they thought of you and and the job that you actually brought to the table, right? Like the work you did before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know you're all like, listen, Kevin, stop. stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> I just I, I just I just like what I do. <laughs> um I I always said I was just one of those lucky people that always knew what they they wanted to do and just put their head down and you did it. And and did it. But yeah, when it, <laughs> when it actually happened and I, I, I lifted my head up for a couple of times, so I was like I'm gonna get back to work. <laughs> this is this is intense. <laughs> what about the the media portion like this, right? You got right. free press, you got, you know, Chow magazine, you got me, C Joe B, you know, people contacting you regarding this and everybody's talking about being the first woman in this role and blah 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 and you know, what was that kind of pressure like? Because there was a lot of it, like I said. Right. You, you know, uh Heise wasn't and isn't shy about pushing out stuff regarding you and the things that you're doing and all of a sudden you're going from hey i'm low-key just doing the work with my team and hanging out and now i'm the person (laughs) everybody's looking at me right you know (laughs) yeah i was shocked that how many people wanted to talk to me in the Mm -hmm. beginning i'm like not that interesting (laughs) 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 i don't i don't think i'm that interesting but yeah i think um I, i think it's it's good to talk about obviously if there's if i'm if i'm the first one it's been 63 years for the for the company. Yeah, wow, 63 years. That's crazy, right? Right. When you really think about it. Yeah. Like 63 years and you're the first. Yeah. Can I say 63 years one more time, please? I know you are very low-key. You're proud of the position, but you uh, just want to get down and get to work. But I'm going to make a big deal out of it. So when we come back, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Jackie Hildebrand, executive chef, high steakhouse and cocktail bar at 1 Lombard Avenue on the main ingredient after the break. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. Thanks for sticking around. If you've never been to High Steakhouse and Cocktail Bar at Juan Lombard Avenue, you really got to treat yourself and go. It's a very impressive, cozy spot. And no idea how a 287-seat restaurant pulls up being cozy, but somehow they really do. Their executive chef, Jackie Hildebrand, is the first woman to hold that position in High's 63-year history. And she is here to talk about it. What do you think the benefit of that is for you, for, 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 for girls, for women? I think that... Um I think that I'm a, I'm a, I have a very strong background of women in my family, mm-hmm. um, which I, I, f- I feel like I'm, in a, I'm a very strong person as well. So to be, to be the first and be in that role and for them to see what I'm doing, like my niece think that this is, thinks everything is normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's 10. Mm-hmm. She doesn't think that working in a restaurant is, is a boys club because aunties, you know. Right. She doesn't think of it as, oh, you're the first woman. She just thinks... Hey, she's working and she's the, she's running the place, like running right. things. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. But right? for, so for the future generation of cooks and chefs to come up, um, come up and see that, um, 
I feel like I'm definitely a strong enough person and role model to for them to look up to. Right. We talked about the size of the restaurant, 287 seats. You guys have a high bar that you, uh, you know, that you reach for every day and, and, and maintain. How do you do it with that, that large restaurant? Um, it's a lot of consistency. And like I, like I said, I'm very lucky. My team, I, my team's been with me for a long time, so they know what to expect. And because I'm in there every day as well, I have a standard for myself that they see that I follow. So they want to follow that as well. Did that standard change once you got this new position? Or were, okay, I know that you work long days. I know that you are a grinder. You like to work, like work, work, work. So now they give you a position where there's a lot of status. You have a lot of responsibility. There's no way you could have kicked it up a notch when you're already working 12 to 14 hour days. Like how do you, what was going through your mind then? You think, man, now I'm really going to knock it out of the park. (laughs) When you're already, you know, you're already working to do that. Like, (laughs) Yeah, that was more of a, when when I took over, it was more of a a time management thing and where where to focus my time and my energy. Highs has been incredibly supportive of my career mm-hmm. and anything I ever need, any questions I ever have, they're they're more than willing to answer. So our corporate chef has has always just said, train, train, train. Your life will be so much easier. Delegate, train your staff. Take the time, train your staff. Fully, hundred percent, right? Right. So anything that anything that my staff needs, I'll teach them. Mm-hmm. I've I've had a couple students come through, but yeah, doing doing that much high volume and. It's it's all consistency and just attention to detail. It's a lot of attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of plates going out. Right. <laughs> it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't remind me. Okay, just let's move on. <laughs> no, it, it is. It's, it's, it's a lot of plates and there's there's a lot of eyes on it that go out the door. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just it's not just mine. Um, I'm still online every day. <laughs> I'm still cooking every day. Yeah, got to keep your skills sharp. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. What's with the cult-like following on that cheese toast? <laughs> like, what's the deal? <laughs> you, <can't. laughs> you guys are hilarious. You never tried thesis? No, nope, you never tried I can't it. believe never you had it. never tried never. the cheese toast. I never tried it at all. Like, what's with uh, what's what's with it? It's just classic. It's just, I, I can't even, I, Winnipeg just, they love that cheese toast. Like, love it. Yeah, love it. That's like, one of the first things I'll always hear about. Like it's high steakhouse, and people are obsessed with cheese toast. Yeah, that blows my mind. It's I good though. No, it, it was super good. <laughs> it, it is really good. There's no doubt. Every restaurant or chef and chef have a signature dish. What would you consider to be yours? Everybody always asks me that one within highs, and it's well, I guess there's just a lot of things. There's a, there's a lot of things you guys right. do well, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, when you say steakhouse, it's a steakhouse, yes. But you have a lot of things on the menu. Right. You know, you, you, you've, you've kind of tweaked a couple things also, right? So right. just wondering, what is your thing? Um, if it's through um, through the highs menu, mm-hmm. I always take a lot of pride in our, our Wellington. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about me personally, then it goes to the bar menu between um, our smoked gold eye appetizer on there. Or the short rib Yorkshires. Oh, really? Yeah. People love them. Yeah, all the Yorkshire recipes, my mom's. Oh, oh <laughs> yes, that's right. What does mom think about it being offered in the <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> Mama, stole your food. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, mom. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally awesome. Um, okay, the gold medal plates, which is rebranded as uh, Canada's Great Kitchen Party. Right. It pits local chefs, you know, kind of against each other to create a dish. That pairs perfectly with a Canadian wine. You participated in this event. I did. First of all, what made you participate in this event? What made you want to? What was your experience like? 
my my sous chef said from when uh, he started with me, he said, you should do this. I'm like, I'm not really a competitive chef. I'm a very competitive person. I hate to lose. Right. And so I think... <laughs> yeah, sometimes it can make you do either a lot of something or right. nothing at all. Yeah, right. exactly. But if I go into something, I want to win like every time. Mm-hmm. I don't want like... So <laughs> if I go into something and I'm a little unsure, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> no, I get it. Um, but because I'm so competitive, I want to do those things. So we had talked about it briefly and then I did the kitchen kumite last year right. and kind of got my feet wet with competition. And I, I got a phone call about, about Canada's Great Kitchen Party before I approached anybody. And I, I, met, I met with people and talked to them and got like the official invite. And at the time, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. I'm super excited. But I'm three months, four months into brand new head chef role, still kind of figuring out where to put my time and everything and and now you got this on you. and and I and then I had this and the I I don't know where this entire year went it's just it's been an absolutely insane year and then it, we we did burger week just crazy and then too. I was like it's in 2 months like this competition's in 2 months <laughs> oh so yeah here you are uh fulfilling the the duties for your new role which you're eating up burger week right. comes along whatever and then all of a sudden you realize that this competition that now you're in yeah. is like around the corner. Yeah. And I had already thought about my dish and what I wanted to do. But in terms of actually putting it, making it and seeing it on a plate, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I have like two months. Competition cooking must have some immense pressure. So we'll find out how Jackie Hildebrand, high steakhouse executive chef, handled it when she competed in Canada's Great Kitchen Party earlier this year. We'll be right back. Jackie Hildebrand, High Steakhouse Executive Chef, is in the house. And before the break, we were talking about her competing in Canada's Great Kitchen Party, previously known as Gold Medal Plates. So, Jackie, how was it? The the team I brought with me, we had a blast. We had so much fun. Yeah? Yeah. What was the best part? That was that was probably it, just being with my team and, like, serving 600-plus people. Right, because you're, you're making it for people. Correct. Plus, you're making it for judges to be judged. Yes, yeah, so, there were seven judges. Yeah. What was that process like? Okay, so what is the process? You make your dish and walk up? Like, how does it work? Yeah. So we start service for, for VIP guests from 5.15. And then I had a 15-minute warning on when I would go present to the judges. And I then gave me my 15 minutes. And you follow the last runner. And you explain your dish to the judges and, and hope they enjoy it. And then you go back to your station and you finish cooking for the rest of the 300 people. That's crazy. Yeah. So when you explain what your dish is to the judges, do they ask you questions about the dish? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And I was, a dish. it was a very personal dish for me. Yeah. So um, I had no problems talking about it. What, what dish was it? Do you mind me asking? Um, I, when I started talking about this competition and I actually met with, met with um, Maddie Newfeld and we started talking, he's crazy, like, well, he's, crazy Maddie. Great guy. So we started talking about like my first food memory and one of them was chicken and dumplings. And that was something I always tie to my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And I love dumplings. Like dumplings rule the world. Everybody loves dumplings. You can't can't not love dumplings. Exactly. You know what I mean? Anyway, sorry. (laughs) So hers was like a a steamed dumpling. Mm -hmm. She would just eat the chicken and drop dough in. So I, her recipe is all just yeast flour. So trying to figure out actual measurements because she would always just hold out her hand. It's this much. Yep. 
she's this big. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Her hands are tiny. I have no idea what, exactly. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> um, so kind of started to get the flavor of it the way I wanted it, but I wanted to do duck. So from there, it was doing duck confit inside of a steam bun. And then I wanted to use all of the duck legs. So the duck fat went into the dough. We seared it in duck fat, seared the dumpling in duck fat. The bones were used for a matcha lemongrass broth. Mm-hmm. Um, the duck skin we crisped up and I used a black charcoal sea salt as a finisher on it. Right. So it was uh, it was great. I was We we loved the dish. Even after I presented to the, to the judges, I got back. And as a competitive person, even I said, I don't even care if I win right now. That was fun. Yeah, you liked it? Yeah. Yeah, we had we had so much fun. And he, like once it everything was over, like I I would have changed nothing. So would you do it again? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's such a strange thing, right? It's almost the nervousness and all that. Once you're done, it's great. Right. But to do it again, you would. I totally would. Totally <laughs> I totally would. You'd be all nervous and whatever, but exactly. you still do the same thing. Um I was terrified. I was so nervous going into that competition yeah. and I feel terrible for anyone in my life that had to deal with me like three, four weeks prior <laughs> that had anything to do with me. I, I, I feel terrible. I was not easy to handle. Well, I couldn't, a, a cooking competition, I, I would think is one of the most, one of the most, comp, one of the competitions with the most pressure in the world to me. You know what I mean? There's just so many moving parts, so many things that can right. go wrong. Right. So like you said, you brought a good team. Yeah, which, I did. Which alleviates a lot of that. So uh, yeah, I'm sure you'd do it again if you had fun too, right? Yeah. I know you're a hard worker. You like to grind it out. After a long day, what do you like to eat? <laughs> right. Oh, this is this is always really funny. We always laugh about it's, this it's a, restaurant. It's a, a twofold question. So there's there's two parts to that. So okay. what do you like to eat? As if you, what are you going to make for yourself to eat? And if you're not going to make something for yourself and you're going to go out to eat, where would you? Go? Okay. If I go home right after work, I'm tired. I eat a lot of soup. You really? I do. So you, a you, lot of soup. <laughs> which, which is quick, right? Exactly. Because I love soup because you can just drink it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but like by the time I get home, unless there's something already that I've started in the fridge, you know, I don't really English cut steaks and just have some veg. I don't do anything super crazy right. at home. Uh, if I'm entertaining, it's a little bit different. But also if I'm cooking at home and I want tacos, I'm... I have masa and a tortilla press and I'm braising lamb shoulder. Like I'm doing everything from that way. So if I want something specific, I'm going to make everything completely from scratch. But if I'm just at home tired and I just finished a a long shift, I'm just going to eat some soup and go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) You're hilarious. (laughs) But again, you told me you grace for the day. So imagine as you're cooking, whatever. Yeah. You You have to taste everything as as you kind of go throughout the day. Yeah. So you're always kind of eating, just not... Them big meals, just not right. Right, exactly. Gotcha. Um, if I go out, yes, I like um, I like a lot of the smaller restaurants. Like what? Um, Inquiring minds want to. <laughs> everybody like everybody wants to know where the chef goes, and nothing's better than going for dinner with chefs, right? There really, there really isn't. No, there I, isn't because yeah. you don't even look at the menu. They just order stuff, and you get to eat. It's like the best thing ever. Yeah. Right. I I love Segovia. Mm-hmm. Um, Segovia Chew. Okay, yeah. I like Chew. You do like little places, but I, they are a little funky, quaint, nice, and the food, the quality is high, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Enoteca. It's like I got a mic in your face asking you. Right. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's um, any, of the, any of those small places with small, 
like tasting menus, like yeah. small, like small tapas restaurants. Yeah. I would much prefer to eat a lot of small things as opposed right. to like one, one as one dish. Right. I like that too. Because it, it doesn't seem like you're eating a lot of food and then you're full. Yeah. And you've eaten a lot of things. You have a lot of flavors and tastes in your mouth. Right. right? Well, and if you go with a group of people, you get to try so many more things yeah, and it's like more that. a little bit more of an eating experience as opposed right. to just, you know, you have your, your one meal. Right. And you're all quiet as you eat it. Nobody's saying anything. And you're just right. eating. Like, whereas, oh, try this. What right. about this dish? Pass right. this one over. Right. right. And you're talking about social events and whatever else. It's just kind of one big, it's one big eating party, right? Yeah. All right. So, you know, we're, you're going to give us some basic information as in, you know, where is highs located? What are your hours? Um, do you need a reservation? Maybe the happy hour hours, <laughs> right? That's important. It, it is. Uh, we're at one Lombard, mm-hmm. right at Portage in Maine. That's how it's remember, right? One. Number yeah. One. <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> Monday to Thursday, we open at 11.30 for lunch and close at 10. Friday, 11.30 to 11. Saturday, Saturday, 5 to 11. Uh, we started opening at 4 o'clock recently just mm-hmm. to accommodate um, any, especially if there's any kind of jets rushes. Um, Sunday, we close at 9, not open for lunch. Reservations recommended, especially this time of the year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we don't take reservations in the lounge. So if you're coming for happy hour, you have to come early. Gotcha. And you said, like, you can get to the jet to the arena, right, without even going outside from highs. Correct. That is like, that's kick ass. Yeah. Right. And your lounge, like I said, it's awesome. It's yeah, it's a great lounge. It's a great lounge, great happy hour. Right. In, in my mind, I would start there. You know, have a listen to me. I would start there. <laughs> um, have a few drinks and some food, walk to the game, and then walk back right when the game is done. Yeah. I guess we got the time, right? Yeah. Well, we're there. <laughs> That's killer. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Of course. Appreciate no it. What's better than going to a hockey game and getting to stay indoors the entire time after you park? Come on. It's Winnipeg. I can avoid minus 30 any chance I get. Thank you, Jackie Hildebrand from High Steakhouse and Cocktail Bar for coming in. And thank you for listening to The Main Ingredient this week on 680 CJOB. And we can also be heard on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Bye for now, and have a great day. This is 680 CJOB.